Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Saloons Podcast. This episode, I'm going to call it Value Mismatch. So it's kind of based upon a question. What happens when your values don't seem to match up properly with those in your circle? See, I grew up in a completely different type of household than your average American. While I've lived in America all my life, my lens for how friendships, parenting, marriage, and stuff like that seem to come from my Nigerian upbringing. What this has caused is that what I accept and what I expect is often different from the people that I value the most. Uh, And sometimes that causes frustration. So in this episode, Mark and I try to break that down. We discuss the good and the bad experiences of growing up, and then we try to connect those experiences to how we view the world today. We also introduce a concept that we call the rubber band effect and how this effect lengthens or shortens our time towards becoming a truly happy, balanced, and self-aware person. I hope you all enjoy this one. Uh, Chris is going to be out for this episode, but he will be back. He's celebrating his birthday. Big time happy birthday to him and hope you guys enjoy. things that I want to go over today. Obviously, let's address the first thing. Uh, happy birthday, Chris. He is celebrating with his family in Louisville, so oh, he is out of birthday. town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his birthday. birthday was, yeah, I think it was yesterday. I want to say he turned 35, maybe. Oh, okay. So, um, happy birthday to Chris. He's celebrating. He says he's ready to hit the ground running, so uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have him back next week. And uh, we actually had a guest for today, but because Chris was out, uh, we were able to push that back and have we're going to have Dr. Rosa, uh, Rosa next week uh, and continue our uh, series of The Greatest Lie Ever Told. So I'm really pumped about having him there for that episode. But uh, today, I, I had a couple things go go on. I'm, I'm starting to... So, like, I feel like there's misaligned if you want to call it misaligned values between me and just people close to me in general um sometimes i like to think that the people that i associate with have the same type of values and stuff that i do and i'm trying to be okay with the fact that they just don't but there's also a piece where i feel like i should have done better in sort of communicating my value system and stuff. And specifically, it's with me being a parent. And so for this example, like we have, we use almost all like Apple everything, right? And uh, so Apple by default, they're pretty, they're all pretty expensive stuff, except for this PC that we're recording on now. This is fucking badass. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it is an Apple. <laughs> yeah, all right. But, um, so my, my wife was working on her, her website and, um, when I opened up the laptop, which was one of, it is, it's my laptop, you know, it's our family laptop, if you want to call it that, I opened it up and there's just shit all over the keyboards. The machine is slow as hell. It just, I, like I was flipping out. I was having a small little like panic attack using this machine. And I was saying, they're like, what the hell? Like does no one take care of this or anything like that? And so it started getting me thinking like I probably have this crazy attachment to just stuff. Um, I would imagine it probably comes from not having much stuff, but one of the things that 
my dad always taught it was like a he always had an acronym for everything or he always had some kind of a song for everything to sort of teach us a lesson or there was just always something like the way that he would word things was done in a way that you can be like it was almost rhythmic so it like makes sense in your head so the thing that he would say was don't waste food don't waste money be careful with your books don't worry be happy and he and he would sing it sometimes to us right and um don't waste food is obvious don't waste money is another thing but be careful with your books that's not just a thing of like your school books but it's your investments the thing that you that you put your time and money and stuff like that into uh your budget that's another thing obviously he says don't waste money but that computer seems like when you're running numbers huh when you're running numbers from your your yes your undisclosed apartment when you're doing a lot be careful with your books (laughs) be careful with your books and your bookies bookies but um that kind of stuff makes me like it i feel the need to be able to take really good care of certain things especially things like technology and where i was saying earlier where I feel like I kind of feel is that I didn't teach that value enough uh, of saying like, Hey, you've got to take care of certain things because when we were um, driving and I was like, okay, was going to pick her up from, from her dad's. I was just like, Hey, there was a bunch of crap on the, on the keyboard. Let's try and talk about this. And it was kind of just like, okay. And I was like, what, what is the stuff on there? And she was just like, it's donuts. <laughs> I was just like, I think in my head, I I wanted, like, the reaction that I got was not one that I expected. And that's not my, like, the fault is mine to be able to assume or expect someone to react in a certain way that I want. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like the reaction was totally, like, don't give a shit. Like, you'll buy another one or one will, you know, something else will pop up in place. It can be something that's fixed. And that's sort of the feel that I got from the whole thing. I was like, hey, we got to be better about this. We got to be careful about this. And it's kind of like, okay. Uh-huh. And I didn't just, know that kind of stuff. Uh, you you cared about that kind of stuff, man. I have a, I have really big problems with that. Uh-huh. I have tremendous amounts of anxiety too. I know what's an unhealthy degree mm-hmm. about certain orderliness and cleanliness. And even when I can't keep up with it myself. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I, I, I do wonder when, when that develops in, in, in us and um, how early you have to build that into someone. I was raised in a house with a lot of kids, a lot mm-hmm. of siblings and cousins and nieces and nephews always living in the house with us. And it was a really, really fun time because of that. But also we had a huge squad to keep the house clean. My mom was really, really big on cleaning. And most of that stuff stuck with me, but it certainly created a neuroticism in me. Like, I do have it to an unhealthy degree yeah. and I don't know which one I want. I don't know if I want people to care more about they shit or if I want to like not be so crazy about it. I know I wish I wasn't because I feel it every, I feel everything I've ever lost or broken or, you know, my mom was really superstitious. I still feel all of that. A broken mirror that you'd have to go take down to the river and throw into the river or something. Wait a minute. Yeah. Tell me about that because I thought when you break the mirror, it's just bad luck and that's it. Not if you throw it in the river, the right river. So it's, so you're forgiven if you throw it into the right well, river? it prevents the seven years of bad luck. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Imagine all the other superstitions, you know. 
I could imagine you're a kid and you're just yeah. like out at Barren River, just like broke yeah. fucking mirror, man. Oh yeah, that was me. I load up in my backpack, ride my bike, throw it in the Holy river. crap. And um, you know, someone drop a little hand mirror or something like that. I don't think it was the same thing, but you know, yeah. it would happen. Uh, and I would do it. But I, I did notice when we all got to be adults, man, you couldn't tell necessarily we were raised in the same home. Not really, not at a first glance. Everyone keeps their house relatively clean, but at different in different ways. Not to the degree that my mom made us keep a house clean. I know I've heard some sometimes before that like there's this hyper vigilance, if that's the right word, about cleanliness that some people that are poor have because you know you you want to keep your humble surroundings as nice as possible, or maybe you're not used to having things, and so yeah, I think for us we didn't want to look as bad. As we were. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I certainly still have every bit of that operating in me. And uh, um, although I've had some effect on the people around me, I know that overall, it's not something you can overcome in, in a an adult or young adult. I don't think you definitely can get it into the uh, a young person in the single digits, you know, one through nine. I think you've got a chance. But um, I'm just so fascinated by, at, by how... Um, bothersome it, how much it can bother you you know when people don't have like certain uh what do you call it home training or that level of values that that align with yours and it can be a big deal even though it's a small thing you know yeah and that's so that's the thing it's is it wrong to expect or assume that someone's going to act a certain way because you're in proximity or because you're there's Definitely. a level of closeness to them or something like Definitely that. Definitely wrong. Not wrong to feel that way. I felt that way. Every man I know felt, has felt that way. My brother in his uh, previous marriage says that same thing all the time and had zero effect. Hmm. And he loved those kids and he's close to those kids and his values never transferred into them. There's something else going on that you got to influence, that you've got to be able to have an effect on to get that uh, sort of values. And because it know. doesn't seem like anger or showing that I'm no. frustrated. That doesn't seem like that's going to fix anything. You know what no, I'm saying? No, that that um, that uh, that won't <laughs> that won't have that, that effect at all. Uh, that won't have any effect at all. I mean, yeah, but it still leaves the question of when, where, and how. How early do you have to be in a person's life to be able to have that positive effect on them? And what is there to be said about? In my household, where we're all raised from diapers the exact same way with the almost um, bipolar, crazy ladies level of insistence on cleanliness and really? orderliness. We clean the bathrooms every morning after wow. everyone showered. They're like full top to bottom basin, tub and towel cleaner. Really? Yeah. Uh, there was a boy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom all the time I grew up because there's that many kids in the house. Wow. And um, we we would clean every, and, it, and the dishes and all that were every day. And if you did a poor job of cleaning the dishes in my house, you had to clean all of the dishes in the house, including the clean ones, including the china cabinet that no one ever used. Like, so all the dishes would get pulled out and the ones with the gold and silver trim that you could never put in the microwave that were just there for decoration. You'd have to wash them down and polish the silverware. And I've seen my nieces and nephews or my nieces and sisters have to do that. My mom didn't let boys wash dishes. She had a little bit of a, old school, like certain work is for girls. She was really, yeah, she was old enough for that. And as I got older, I realized it wasn't so much the, uh, 
like a separation of duties based on the sexes. It was just, you can't go take the trash out at 10 p.m. You know, yeah. so we're just, we're separate. You can't climb on the roof and clean the gutters. These are jobs I had to do yeah. growing up. Um, you can't take the, the big trash can that the, the monarch, <laughs> shout out to monarch, people from yeah. Yeah. You know, monarch. Yeah. monarch would pick up. So I'd have to like wheel it down to the car wash and, clean it out occasionally because if we didn't do a good job, you know, things would spill out, then you'd get maggots. My mom had a big separation on stuff. You know, we were hanging stuff, cleaning curtains and moving furniture. The girls had to do certain things, but we had to scrub the wax off the floor, mm-hmm. things like that. But it was a lot of, a lot of cleaning uh, required and we were able to do it with so many of us, but it was also necessary because there were so many. Because there were so many. Yeah. But um, again, as we got older, I don't think every. Most of us, my siblings and cousins and nephews that I grew up with, we we kind of all treat that thing differently. So it makes me think of the challenges that are inferred in in like mating and like bringing two families together and bringing people and why that stuff matters, why the, the background and yeah. who your dad was and what they're like. Yeah. And those things matter, you know? Yeah. Because it starts to manifest, especially as you get an adult. Yes. Like for my little B, whatever, half a family, it's definitely a factor. People are like their people. Yeah. I am so much like my mom as I get older. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I don't, I don't care to have anyone around me. You know, I, I have a, a veritable addiction to solitude. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, and, and so I'm saying all that to say, I don't think that is something you can change, but maybe working, you can definitely meet, meet a compromise and work on tolerance yourself. Cause that's the only shot you got. Cause man, I think that's something that has to both be in the damn near in the genetics of the individual and instilled in them at a very young age, single digits, or you don't stand a chance. You See, know? I think the other thing that the other factor that comes into play is many many kids these days there's just a level of there's a level of privilege that is there and it's hard to have it's hard to value anything when anything can just be replaced or at least there's the there's the notion that anything can be replaced even people it's hard to you can when when we're in the age of say the internet Mm -hmm. you can replace and Chris and Chris has talked about this on on episodes. He and I have actually talked about this in great length. Mm-hmm. You can replace the wise old sages or whatever in your neighborhood. The, the your grandparent, you can be like, well, you, they don't know shit. I googled this, I Wikipedia this, and actually, what you think is knowledge and this that, and the other. And it's not even so much about their knowledge; it's more reverence of that person and the fact that they've seen some shit, you know. Oh, and yeah. so it's it's really it's hard to talk about valuing something like even as minuscule as a computer, right. Or mm-hmm. not a cleaning edition in the morning or something like that, or just saying good morning when you can get everything can just sort of be replaced. You can just, you can get the same validation from any other person or yeah, any man. other thing. That has to be a, a factor. doesn't it, it mm-hmm. has to be attributing for a long time. I've maintained that I love the punishment of going to bed with no dinner. I remember watching Little House on the Prairie, and it wasn't back when Little House on the Prairie was a thing. Yeah, I was just watching some clip of Little House on the Prairie because maybe someone else is having this same discussion about what we're talking about now. 
and how to, what what disciplines are are draconian and which are not maybe 10, 12 years ago. And one thing I remember that stuck out was, you know what? That's one thing I would do if I was a parent. It would definitely be fed Sending without people. dinner. I think yeah. it's just perfectly balanced. It's not corporal. It doesn't hurt them. Yeah. But it makes that visceral and primal connection of your responsibilities directly tied to your resources and the food yeah. on the table and the roof over here. It connects it really mm-hmm. well, you know? When you're on the farm like they were on that TV show, you don't do your chores, man. We we don't. The crops don't come yeah, in. Crops don't it's come directly, in. It's directly directly connected. I like that, and I think that's the thing that we that we're missing that you're referring to is kind of ruined, perhaps in some young people today. And I think it's no fault of theirs. It's definitely it's the, not the theirs. Adults, you know, they none of are, us saw it coming. You know, we didn't yeah. know what we we're going to get into. But it's we're that, a response to our parents, yeah, just like our kids are a response yeah. to us. They, they, we need we need that somehow. And I'm always wondering um, if we're ever going to develop some new and clever ways of getting to the, or, or having that same uh, information really? transferred, Okay, you know, into, in, into young people. I, I remember I spoke on this on, on the podcast before about, my experience with the Nintendo mm-hmm. and how it shaped my my response my way of treating technology and why I have nothing but like dope shit that's never breaks now because of the way my brother would be so angry with me when he came home from hanging out all night with his friends and I left the Nintendo laying in the floor, you know, mm. on the carpet with the controller still put like that. You don't want that just, dust getting in the cartridge, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted me to wrap up the controller neatly. And um and he wanted me to care about it as much as I wanted to play it. And I finally That's got it. You know what I mean? Yes. Because he would take it away from me. And then I started to take the RF couplers, if you remember those. Mm-hmm. It was a cable-ready coaxial connected yep. to two little antenna things that screwed on the back of your yep. VHS and UHS and your TV. Old school. Before TVs were what they call cable-ready with a coaxial built into them. I would buy those from Radio Shack, save up my money and buy them seven or eight dollars. And I hid them everywhere. I kept one in my backpack. I hid one over every aunt and uncle's house that I might spend a night on. Because that's the thing that people were always missing. They didn't have one yeah. and they couldn't hook a Nintendo up. Then when the cable ready TVs came out, they had the Nintendo's RF adapter. Yeah, yeah a little RF the modulator gray, thing. Mm-hmm. Gray that box. Little gray box. I had several of those. Yeah. Because I remember how frustrating it was. I wanted to play Nintendo and I, they didn't, grownups didn't have time to go find an RF couple or reach behind a TV. It was an inconvenience when I'm already spending the night over their house and eating their food or whatever. I was always very welcome and always over at all my aunts and they, yep. they loved me. I was always over at my aunt's or uncle's house spending the night uh, with their kids or somewhere nearby. And, um, you know, that's what I like to do, play Nintendo all day. But those experiences developed the appreciation for the shit in me. Yes. So let me ask you this. There was something I was just reading here about um, about kids and, and values and just people in general. I think that mm-hmm. everyone has their own and this is what they're calling it, their own currency. And it's what are the things that actually matter to you? Mm-hmm. And the, when you figure those little parts out, the, it sort of does become your currency because then you can attach consequence to that currency. Yeah. 
And for some people, taking a phone away doesn't mean shit because they don't care about it. Or taking video games away doesn't mean shit because they don't care about it. So I think where I might be messing up is that for a lot of people, I don't care to know what their currency is. And I just assume that they think that because they're in the same proximity of me or, or anything like that or in my circle that they share or they are assuming the same things that I calculate or I view as my currency. And so when I take that currency away, no one gives a shit because in my head, I'm like, well, I'd be mad about that. I would be yeah, angry yeah, about that. And point. it yeah. just doesn't mean anything to them. It's like if I said, well, I'm taking away 10,000 pesos from you. You're That's like, right. oh, okay. Yeah. Don't care. Dollars yeah. on my currency. It doesn't mean anything. You yeah. Know? Yeah, um, sure. I think I, I start to feel like that might be where I'm sort of messing up is by not learning what it is that matters to other people. Mm. And then when I can be like, hey, you use this tool, like mm-hmm. going back to the computer or something like that. This is what you use to connect with your friends or to connect with this. If that is no longer there, mm-hmm. then your ability to access whatever platform or game or whatever it is that you yeah. communicate with your people is also gone. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but I've just got to find something to, uh, or I've got to figure out what everyone's currency is. And I kind of like using that term, honestly. Yeah. I, I do like that because you can treat that or you can exchange things here and there if yeah, you need something sense. done or if you need to take something away. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that you also said earlier today when we were talking is that you've been able to find value in things by seeing them go away in the sense of like sort of taking a loss or having something bad happen. And then. Yeah, I was speaking then. Yeah, I remember I remember saying that, I think. And I think what that was was teaching teaching you to how to develop the tolerance for losing things and not being attached to material things. Cause when you come maybe from poor background, you know, you, you're dealing with that same sort of impulse or, or anxiety creating uh feeling that maybe hoarders have, you don't want yeah. to let go of anything cause you're so used to not having anything or you, it, it comes so hard, you know what I mean? Or maybe it was really, really hard for you to acquire. So Yeah. And, and it's not good is what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's good to feel that way. I don't think it should be attached to anything. I said that in response, if you recall, to you um, being surprised that I always uh, purport to not have attachments to technology. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to um, emphasize to you that it's not because I'm I'm beyond that. It's, it's for quite the opposite reason. I have too much anxiety. So I can lose my car keys and it's debilitating to me. It yeah. bothers me so fucking much. Really? That I'm absent-minded and I can lose things easily. So I have to have like patterns in which I do it. And I think it's some sort of, I don't know, neuroticism or OCD or something. I don't like it. I do not like, I'm always worried about that stuff too much yeah. to the point that if somebody, you know, is careless with something or parks the wrong way or is not thinking, it drives me crazy. And yeah. I have it with people that are close to me. Like, you know, what we talked about with my significant other and she chose a a very dangerous apartment to live in and everything I said would happen would happen it literally got shot up the kid across the street was the weed guy and he you know someone was trying to rob him and he Mm. scuffled with the guy on his porch and it was one of those apartments where you you know she lived on the upstairs platform there directly the doors the front doors of the apartment are directly across from each other and bullet came through her apartment and um, she 
then decided to move out. Yeah. And um, still even then took me to encourage her to tell her how to set things up and sue them or threaten to sue them. Not like you should be out home free, like when something like that happens. But the lack of foresight, foresight to me is is diligence and hardness from the yes. way I was uh, brought up. But it's not experienced like that by the person on the receiving end. Yeah. It's a crazy person that's like, they don't know what I'm tripping over. They don't know what I'm always insisting this for. So I don't want to be that because that, that's psychologically bad for the people around you. That's so my I'm thing. Like, like, that's my problem. What the heck is the balance? How do I get you to care? Because you ever see a Korean kid? You see a whole different mm-hmm. behavior. Sure. You ever met an sure. East Indian um, exchange student? At WKU, you see a whole, they care a lot about things very differently. Yeah. All they do is study. They got like 18 or 21 credit yeah. hours a semester. May not have a driver's license, but yeah. it's just, they, it just doesn't matter yeah. to them. All they do is focus on that. So we see the extreme um, degrees of it. We see people prioritizing different things, you know. And then you can see those cultures where, like in Japan, where the self is really, really put second. And how they're different have a certain different sort of humility, although they're very much like us. Yeah. Consumer wise. Yeah. But something's different. So it's it's crazy that you, you say know it's that. There, man. You know, I just bought uh in October, bought a new car. And you're hitting the nail on the head with this whole attachment to things because I do go a little bit crazy when people leave things in the car. When mm-hmm. And I'll be sitting at like, I I found myself doing this the other day, literally on the interstate, because when you're on the interstate, you can, you can do so much. You're you're going in a straight line and it's just whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving and I just find myself whipping out the armor all wipes and I just start wiping down my dash (laughs) and wipe it. Like I open the other container and it's the leather cleaner. So I'm cleaning the leather seats while I'm just driving. By the way, everyone, Clue has a self-driving car. <laughs> no, I don't. No, that's what? the thing. <laughs> yeah. No, not I even don't. remotely. But it was, it is, It. If, I feel like it comes from not having anything. And then when you get something new yeah. or you get something good, yeah. you go a little bit crazy trying to take care of it. Yeah. And I, I do feel myself being married to it. Yeah. And the same thing with this computer here. I mean, you even put yourself in a position where you're constantly trying to buy stuff and to sort of enhance your feeling of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like there's this unquenchable yes. thirst or something like that. Yes. And so when someone leaves a straw or a bottle of water or something in the car, I yeah. lose my goddamn mind, yeah. dude. And so it was um, even the other problem when I when I went and bought this car, um, I took my wife's car to get detailed. And when I got in there, because I bought that, I bought her car last year. I got in and I was just like, what the fuck? What are you doing here? And it was just one of those like, of course, she's a nurse. She's driving. She's got so much stuff going on. You're super busy. You're just not going to think about that stuff. But me, I would put those things over everything else. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's because of not having Mm -hmm. those things before where I, it's almost like there's this fear that I'll slip back into not having anything. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I totally feel you, man. What compounds compounds that anxiety for me, which I think is similar to you, is when you have people close to you, you you do have to have something in common. Yeah. Whether or not it's the value you put on material things, you certainly may have a goal in common or a certain standard of life that you have in common or where you want to go, where you want to be in 10 years. And so that for me is where I, to uh, in a healthy degree, I don't think this is the right way to handle it, but that's for me where the the frustration comes from because- um, you know, with you know, the wife and those kind of people, they want something that they don't seem to be able to accomplish to grab it at their own. But mm. they don't want the prescription on how to bring that closer to you. Sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, chasing chasing a deer is not always how you catch them. Sometimes you got to get you know downwind of them and let them walk right up to you. You know, or sometimes you have to net the fish. You don't chase it. Sometimes what you want, can you can bring it close to you, just like dieting, you know, you can work out real hard or you can also kind of pay attention to your diet mm-hmm. and bring it to you, if you will. Yep. Humans have that cool option that we're conscious of. We can refrain from certain things to make things better. You know what I mean? The the issue of always having to have a vehicle to get to work and handle your business in, in towns like this where you have to commute um, via, via automobile. Well, part of the reduction of the anxiety of automobile ownership is taking better care of the automobile. Mm. And I always get, I want, I want to see people, I want to see their desire for something be represented in that way too. And what you want to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember one time, it's probably, it's actually the last time I was in um, my lady's car. She was sick then, but it almost made me vomit it. Yeah, I, I almost it almost made me vomit. I almost vomited that day, and I just stuck my head in the window. It was that nasty. It was like a locker, and um, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, like, you know, it doesn't bother her, you know, but yeah. it certainly bothers me." Yes. And then you know when she wants to, oh, I'm gonna go on a trip or something. And can I just use your car? I'm like, well, no, <laughs> not the you know not the way. Or last time I drove it. Uh, before then, it was making these crazy sounds and like sounds that I never heard. Cause yo, you don't, you don't notice that. She was just like, I will con- pay no attention. Yeah, I put like six hundred dollars in that car. Like, oh my god, it ran like new money. Just yeah. needed the rotors, turning new tires and stuff. Yeah, but just wasn't paying attention to it. Just yeah. going, going, going. And I know it's okay. That's it's almost even in some circumstances. If I was rich or something, it'd be an adorable thing. Yeah. But because of my background, it gives me tremendous anxiety. Yes. Like, what else are you letting? Like, you're not paying attention to yes. like that compared to the things that do say you pay attention to. Yes. You know the things so, you are diligent about, the things you do do, and that's the way I was raised. My mom was very good at showing that. Like, you don't forget certain things. You forgot to take out the trash, but. You didn't forget, you know, the little hat, $4 yes. hat I bought. You didn't forget to call your girl, you yeah. know, little things like that. And that's I'll forget to I'll forget to, to clean you. different things, yeah. but I will always be on time with every single bill. Yeah. Always oh, be on time. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'll, I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll I think bills, 27 yeah. steps ahead. Yeah. And everything that or every choice that I make is sort of based around a bill, even though we make more than enough to be able to handle everything, I still yeah. make sure that everything is done on time. And if it's not, dude, I lose my I lose my shit bad, right? But when it is something different like clothes or laundry or whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. I tend to be more lax about it 
because I have a different threshold than what my wife or anyone else would have on when that stuff gets done. It'll still get done, but just not at the same speed. But if something like that is, if the tables are turned or if the tables are different and we're talking about her car or something like that, for example, um, she was maybe 3,500 miles over for oil change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to talk about me mm-hmm. thinking for, for a solid week, like mm-hmm. this engine's going to blow up. Right, I'm going right, to have to buy right. a new car. Yeah, I'm going to have exactly. to do this. All this other exactly. stuff is going. And I was like, it doesn't take like pull yeah. it into the place. Just yeah. get it, you know, yeah. get it done. But it's just, but she would be the same way with me about, again, cleaning or something or mm-hmm. something that I forget to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where do you line? And in we're both during this, during, while this is going on, both are expecting the other person to give a shit about it. And yeah. it's not that the other person doesn't. Yeah, we just no, have not. different, our currencies are different. And I say yeah. my currency that I pay into this family is making sure that yeah. lights are on, yeah. bills are paid, you know, yeah. cars functioning, hey man, all this to other that, stuff. To that point, this is for another podcast subject, but I, some time ago, maybe a few years ago, when I came to respect and, and oh man, so people are going to be upset with this. There was some time ago to the point you just made where I came to re- respect arranged marriages more than Western mm. um, agape, sure. agape or whatever you call it, mar- uh, ro- romantic marriages. Because I, started, I finally started to figure it out. As I Puts you over, in a position to work together. Well, exactly. It <laughs> makes you focus first on all the things that matter. You're reared and brought up to be in a relationship with a person. Mm. Love is surprisingly, especially of the romantic, it's surprisingly easy to get there. You'll be all right. But yeah. we do it the other way around. We start off with the romantic zeal which is beautiful and fun, but now you got this hard ass work at year you seven, have this expectation. seven and beyond. Well, to get to know each other and learn the techniques of getting along. Mm-hmm. Where my friends from East India, they're all like, man, I ain't going back home. I'm yeah. 23. They're trying to marry me off. I got plenty of friends that, that, that in college was at that and stay. And I still meet people like that. Yeah. They're like, man, I'm having a great time working in IT. Like, I'm single. I kind of like being single. I don't want to, you know, they're not even trying to date. They just mm-hmm. don't want to go back home because they're not going to get married. They're going to have to get married off. And I agree with them. You know, yeah. I support them. But at the same time, I see now when you're about that business of growing and keeping your community stable, marriage becomes, as it's supposed to be for us, a thing that ain't about you as an individual. It's about this new thing. And where we are not, to my, my point is, we are not raised, we're not raised mm-hmm. like that. We're raised no. super duper individual. And yes. then, we get married and we like, kind of figure it out. Yeah. And so you, you're around, you weren't raised with techniques because I could have easily been reared up to not overextend into the physical space, my hobbies and things like that, because it makes everybody else walking on eggshells. I got five badass computers and <laughs> yeah. you can use them, but you better know how to you log out of your yeah. account. You better know how to like do all this stuff. I train everyone that's around me. They all know how to do it. I got people now that will come to my house and be like, hey, Uncle Mark, like, I don't have an account on here. Yeah. I'm like, you damn right. Let me make you one. Because they won't, <laughs> they won't, they won't leave a yeah. browser tab open with something that ain't my interest. I'll flip out. Because mm-hmm. you should know better. It's a computer. Make your own account. Then do whatever you want on your account. Yeah. But um, that's crazy neurotic. I mean, like, that's crazy. What kind of, like, PC... Yeah, but still, I mean, I would still be like, oh, you can <laughs> make it. I have user sorry. accounts on <laughs> machines. Man, it's crazy. It's just like Netflix. You got to have separate accounts. Yeah. Because people watch stupid stuff. And I do not want, if 
fucking Steve Harvey. Just imagine my feed. Exactly. Just imagine if you let everyone use your YouTube feed. Like, yeah, can you imagine exactly. everyone has a flow to their feed? Uh huh. I've got a flow to mine. And yeah. if someone was watching completely different stuff, I would be irate if I were to look up and not yeah. see like the stuff that I have up there. Yeah. And I'm saying, I think that's a problem with us. Yes. Me, with you, with all of us. And I would be just as happy if we were like I imagine some other cultures are. Could just be making this up. But if we were trained to not have such big egos too. Because that's moving you toward the toward the center as well. The yes. whole point is to get along better with the people around you that love you. And less me Agreed. reducing my ego is just as effective and healthy as them becoming more diligent. Because if you turn someone into that, it's like living with that mommy dearest or whatever. Mm. It's like, it ain't cool, man. It's not. You know, it, it makes me think of uh, my parents. Their marriage is the way that they explain it is quasi arranged. Uh-huh. They, my mom would tell us a story about how she was absolutely in love with this one guy and he was a doctor and, or he became a doctor and he was just really nice guy. She was head over heels, but um, her parents didn't like him because he was Catholic and they were like, go and talk to this guy, my dad. And she was like, he's boring. And they were like, yeah, also he's 13 years older than, yeah. than her, but he was a choir master. <laughs> you know, he was just a boring dude. Granted, right. he, he grew to whip all kinds of ass as, as yeah, a grown right. person, but the, uh, she would she would tell us like I was so like unhappy there, right? And, oh yeah. But what they the one thing that they'll both tell us is that it did force them to work really hard. And so for me, when it, when it really clicked to to me what uh what a good marriage is or a good relationship is, yeah. I can okay, I I can like separate a relationship from marriage in my opinion, because I think that a mm-hmm. marriage is, it, it's more duty than anything. Yes. And it's, it's like, okay, you can do all this shit. You can gain a bunch of weight. You can do whatever, but no one's going to work harder for you. Yeah. Or no one's going to work harder because of you than I. And the same thing goes and that there's that expectation. And that's how both of my parents are. Yeah. Like they may change radically in terms of their personalities, but those dudes will go to war for one another. And yeah. it's, ju- but it's, and then it's like, Hey, we're doing this for the kids. You know, they, yeah, it's almost like they're like, we're going to have kids. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And Man, you just sort to of me, plan like that's that. That's dope. Cause I tell you what, we don't think of it that way. I know for a fact, I live in the city of, uh, bridal showers or whatever they call oh, it. Yeah, yeah, they do that, yeah. Yeah, it's the city. They call them the woo girls. Yeah. When you see people on those pedal taverns mm-hmm. and they're yelling out, woo. Yeah. They some I really wedding, hate that. Wedding, yeah, it's it's terrible. But um, it's a big, um, you get a lot for a little money. Nashville is a good city for if you want you know, do your wedding or whatever. So, um, and I know what, I know that we're not being raised that way in the Western world or United States especially. Specifically, a marriage is mine. Mm. But I don't think it should be. I think it's not for you at all. Yeah. It is a duty. It's something you owe your community and your family. And you need to get nine out of 10 of the reasons for being married need to come from that, mm-hmm. from that, that tradition, if you will. And this is a person that's pretty anti everything yeah. speaking. I'm pretty anti traditional, anti everything. But like 
like you said, I've realized that marriage is, oh, it's not what I thought it was. It's nothing to it's do not, with yeah. you as the individual at all, man. And no. so those. And you realize, too, that in moments like what we're talking about, when I say like the computer and all this yeah. other stuff, it's like you realize how often it feels like thankless or something like that. And mm-hmm. I know that, the, the, that everyone will think that of me, that I'm, you know ungrateful or anything like that but it's um there's going to be that level in there and so a lot of people even even my mom and other nigerians that are in those type of arrangements they see the the romantic they see that kind of stuff yeah they're like man it'd be nice to have yeah that here and there but you're always going to have the duty part and it seems like the duty has more staying power when you're really, really, really invested. Oh, it does. But you tend to deal with, you tend to not be the type of person that like, I just accept you for who you are. Like, I'm not that type. It's like, yep. you're going to kick ass. You're going to yep. do that's this. the That's the other part too. You're right about that. It's just really interesting. When you see a marriage that's been built off of those other non-romantic values um they do hold each other accountable very very it's interesting how that works you're like hmm where in other relationships they are tolerating very unhealthy behavior from each other and then saying because i love you i have to i have to put up with this wrong because we don't have the scaffolding the the training to do that and and i I think the same thing also works with like just my friends just circles just groups of people because i the those were the type of values that i saw I yeah. do expect more out of the yeah, people man. that I, and so I tend to put I think people. It's healthier. Well, I put people on sometimes really high pedestals, and I expect a whole lot out of them, and yeah. I expect them to communicate exactly what they want out of me, and it's yeah. not the whole like just just come as you are, all that kind of stuff, because yeah. that's not how I approach anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so yeah. I think that's part. That's also the where the the value mismatch seems to come into play is I'm a product of my culture. Yeah. And I don't want to be one of the people that is there. They live their lives responding or reacting to how they were raised. Yeah. That's right. Especially if it was very conservative or if they didn't have good support, they're going to be, you know, it's almost like pulling a rubber band and just watching it like Mm -hmm. snap back or something. Um, and when you, if you, to use that rubber band analogy or something like that, or if you want to just, you know, you're holding a rubber band out between your two fingers and you pull the middle, like you're doing like a slingshot thing when you, it's eventually going to get back to, to center, but mm-hmm. however far that you pull it back, mm-hmm. that increases the amount of time that it takes to find yeah. that equilibrium or if yeah. you want to call it that. So when you see a lot of those people that are pulled way back due yeah. to how they grew up or how they were raised or something. They, it takes so much longer. Yeah, I got and a so you, like that. So you see people like later, way later on in their life than they're supposed to be. Oh yeah, actually turning into like self actual, you know, yeah. self realizing, self aware adults. When you can't, what about if you? I ain't gonna say the places to me is too. <laughs> what about when you can't take the ratchet out of a hole? <laughs> what do you get? Sorry, Chris is not in here. Yeah, Chris, Chris would totally, yeah, Chris would totally jump on that. Uh, I think that there is a certain point where the the rubber band, yeah, it, it'll it'll 
find its equilibrium, but it yeah. just, it'll happen way later on in life. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you spend so much of your life reacting or responding to yeah. shit that should so not matter you, anymore. Can you or can you not turn a hoe into a house? <laughs> they don't act right. <laughs> What's the rest of the song? <laughs> I didn't know he was the one that said that many people. Well, did. I mean, that's the first person I heard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's seems like that rubber band is always going to, um, it'll, it'll find its balance, but some people, they, mm-hmm. there are, they're going to be people that catch them while they're in that. Mm-hmm that period where they're bouncing back and forth, trying to gain that balance. That'll see, catch them where they are and sort of pull them back and mold them. Cause I think when you're in that period, you're very malleable and you're very, you tend to, it's almost like you, you want, it's like you seek control or companionship or something like that. I I feel like when you hit that middle part, you're like, I don't really need anyone. You know what I mean? You're kind of, and and yep. so it, it makes you a little bit happier because every person that you surround yourself with, it's out of your own volition. It's out of choice. Like you were choosing to allocate energy and you're choosing to be with those people and you're choosing to do that. And it's because of those values. But again, when you notice that those values are not matched, how do you respond? How do you react? I don't like feeling like I want, I'm getting pulled or something in other direction or doing things that I don't, um, that are uncharacteristic of me or something. Did you ever know anyone that got like in a relationship when they were super young or, or started having kids when they were in middle school or something? Fuck yeah. You do? Yeah. Man, I've seen that a couple of times and it is wild because they, they have that rubber band effect where I've got a friend right now that we all loved and she got married to another very celebrated young person from our neighborhood that we all loved and they had kids um, during high school and wow. stuff. And um, I, I saw one of her kids just graduate the other day. It's crazy. It makes me feel old, but good friend of mine I grew up with. She was my childhood High school sweetheart's best friend. Yeah. Uh, one of my ch- high school sweethearts' best friend. And, and she was doing that, man. It's like she just had to go through it. Yeah. I haven't talked to her in a few years. I'm sure she's on the other side of that now. But she, like, got married, went off to the military. And had kids wow. And then she, like, came back around this way and, you know, got out of the, the service and doing just fine. But it's just at the relationship level, she had to, like, go through it. Like, like the type of relationship that yeah. you would have... Worked out through in high school, you know, picking, picking that silly people. You know what I mean? That's something that you say, too, is not I don't think enough of us have just gone through it mm-hmm. in general. You had said something earlier before we were recording about Joe Rogan saying something like everyone needs to have like have Lost. something bad. Yeah, but not loss like someone yeah. dying or something like that, because that's that's well, natural. That, well, he like, meant material loss. Yeah, he material meant, loss from your house. Losing a car, losing all your furniture, going through that, like, it's important to, to go through that so you know you it ain't shit. Yeah. You can get it back, and you will be so delighted when you see what you what you retain. Yes. You retain everything that's matter. That's your health, your clarity, your ability to, then stuff ain't nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. That's something where I think that the majority of, of people anymore don't have. There, there's so many parachutes. There's so many pillows to fall on. No one is taking enough of an L. And maybe I've 
you and I can sit mm-hmm. there and talk about all the L's we've taken growing yeah, up and a little stuff. Bit, yeah. But the um I think that it's those type of things that has built a bit of mental elasticity and yeah. it has built an appreciation for things. And because of that, I tend to try to take care of certain stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like my one thing, the one thing that I'm really shitty about taking care of mm-hmm. are tools. Tools. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'll get a nice set of tools or something like that, and I always lose them. Or and then when I try to make that a trip. Yeah, and then when I try to be really good with them, I'm like, okay, we're cool. I'll let anyone else try to use them, and they yeah. just are gone. You know, that's a golden rule I learned <laughs> yeah. as soon as I bought my first tool. Sometime yeah. in my teenage years, late teens. Was you never loan anyone your tools? The only person you loan the tool to is a person who already has that has tool, tool, and they don't need to borrow it. Yeah, like I like I learned that in my early teens, around sixteen and seventeen, when I became enough industrious enough to get things that I know I needed but never could get as a kid. Like, yeah, uh, a good tire iron or something yeah. like that to remove, you know, change your own tires, stuff like that. A jack. I always had a jack. You're not supposed to hold your car up with a jack, but having one and keeping it in your raggedy ass trunk, like. You know, so you can, it will just make all the difference when you're poor and you always got lemons to drive. Yeah. And um, I don't loan stuff out to this day. I, yeah. I don't. I will not let. let you um, would sooner you know give mean? a tool than loan yeah. one out. Yeah. But you know who can come get my car anytime he wants? Who's that? My brother, my best friend, Marcello. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got three cars right now. Yep. Wherever, and he can eat off the engine. He yeah. keeps a car. That's something that he values more than I do. Yeah. So he can always drive my car. He's a, he drives like a. Mario Andretti, he's, like, he's, a, he's been driving since he was just, just certain people that like their values of certain things. Like, oh, I know you're going to take care of you, the kind of person that you care about these things. So, yeah, I used to frustrate people that all the time in my family members. No, none of them ever have borrowed my car. But, you know, when I was in college and, uh, yeah, early adulthood and stuff that they were like, I saw Jello in your car, whatever. What are you not? I'd have his car. You know, he got the big Chevy with rims or something, but it yeah. was enough to get me home. I wasn't comfortable driving all the time, but he might be wanting to do something yep. incognito. Not nothing illegal. It's just he might be, I'm going to go over and see my other girl. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. drive a car. And I'd be laughing. I would always throw on my keys because that's one person that a vehicle, you know what I mean? Yep. And, my, and my biological brother's that way too. So yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Man. That being it's said, true. it's, you cannot then give or allow people to use things that you know that they don't really care about. Yeah, you have to. I've had one best friend from college tell me this way. You have to teach people how to treat you. Hmm. You got to teach them how to treat you. And so they're not going to respect you more than you respect yourself. And it always it doesn't feel like it will work out, but it works out much better. So that being say said. front. I got to do it with my neighbor that keeps letting his dog go through my yard and he keeps walking through my I have to do it with, with him. I have to just say it up front. Mm-hmm. It works out much better. Like yeah, that. because it's. I used to think that it was a... It used to be more of a point of pride to just let things roll off. Yeah. And just be like, okay, it's good. I'll be a little bit annoyed with it or something and then it goes away. Yeah. But... Doing that and not voicing my displeasure about something, that is teaching someone how to treat me by not saying anything. Definitely. If it's <laughs> something that you care about. And, and then when, I, and then when you flip out about you. it, 
then yes, it's it's wrong. I'm in yeah. yeah you're you're just you're just being crazy. Yes. It's like yeah. why are they getting mad all of a sudden? Yeah, you know what I mean? You're wrong. You gotta say that stuff early. You've gotta listen to those old superstitious little warnings too. Hmm. You see somebody do this, then that's the kind of person they are. Don't get out of there as quickly as possible. And I've 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 not heeded those before. Really? And it always comes back to you. Really? It always comes back to you. I've seen something, you go into someone's house and you see a certain thing and your mom said, no, if you see this in a lady's house, she ever lets your eyes see this, then you run. Well, I don't know what some of those are. Dirty ass. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I forgot. I'm about to to say, I was about to play this too short song. Uh Uh-huh. I was about to play a two short song that explained it all. Oh, no, but um, it was something that my mom would say to you, ever see a lady's underwear? Yeah. You ever see her underwear, like laying on the floor? So yeah. like that, out of there. Really? I have never seen the underwear of any woman I've ever dated. Yeah. Ever. I've ever like been in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Except for when I come to possess <laughs> oh them my God. And, and collect them <laughs> as I do. Yes, That's I funny. will be taking these. <laughs> yeah. These will, no, no. Like, but it's serious. I watch mm. that stuff because that's, that's a nasty. I think that, and it's well, country like superstitions have silly stuff, but it's like it never is wrong. There's certain things that if you see them, no man, I mean, I got dirty, have something like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe it might be some reason for you know kitchen's yeah. messes something like that. That stuff counts against you too. But certain things like you never ever let it go because that person has a standard that you are not going to be able to tolerate it's going to drive your case because you were raised better than that. Yeah. And I've always ad- uh, adhered to him. I've, I can count on It's tough to even say better, when, though. When I've ever had, like, brought a friend, a girlfriend or something to the house and my mom just did like this. Are you serious? Yeah. For y'all that ain't, that ain't, that can't see what I'm doing, my mom's a person that reads a lot. She just be curled up in a chair or something reading or sitting next to the TV reading or in her in her bedroom. And I'm always like, hey, mama, this is so-and-so. And mama would look up. I'm like, hey, you know, we're making you know they parents or something like that. And she'd put her head back down and go back to reading. I've had only on two occasions in my whole life where mama has, hey, how are you doing? And then called me back into the room uh-huh. or whatever and just been like, <laughs> out of my house. Because really? my mom knew her people or her parents. Oh. People. And I've only had that happen twice to me. Did you and actually I, have them go out of the house? Heck yeah. Heck How yeah. old were you? 16, 17. Yeah, you had to 15, listen. 16. My mom was like, I got to do whatever I want to. What would I ever like to fire for? Yeah. She would tell people's parents, hey, listen, my son has a room full of condoms. Like, yeah. I trust my young men. It's the only way I keep them off the street or keep them from getting to my pregnancy. You can't, you know, she's a single mom. She knows she can only control a young man to a certain degree. So my mom was very open with us. Mm-hmm. And that's how it worked out. We were very, like, we go to clinic together and stuff and get yeah. checked out because you can't make a little boy do nothing. Yeah. She's got to go to work. But it made us trust and respect it because she was so straight up. She's like, no. Like, no, not that one. Really? Like, yeah, I know her people. I know her people's yeah. people. And I'm like. And that but, right but, there. But, should be the dog. That's only happened to me a couple, a couple times, and I respect it because I don't know what my mom was referring to. Well, but, uh, that should be something then that I was saying. We all should that to say, you know, that's how you teach people how to treat you. That's when it matters, and that's how you formulate those uh, that equilibrium and values. You mm-hmm. you create your environment and you curate it. You yeah, don't curation. In, you, There's you not enough you curation. Don't, yeah. You don't. Get down like I do, so you just don't cross this threshold. 
Yeah. It's weird. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I've, that's the yeah. thing that I've got to be better about is, is curating that, uh, curating that environment, curating yeah. that, those values my, and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I love her death. I miss her so much. I was texting her today, but we don't fuck with each other. Yeah. There's certain stuff she's so strong and yeah. so stepping about. And I, and I don't blame her. It's all my fault. Yeah. If we're living together, I would expect more and I would have been able to shape and motor more. But certain stuff we don't mess with, we don't mess with. Really? Yeah, I have like a budget. She doesn't know about it, but I've yeah. got a certain number of thousands of dollars a year that are going to her in college. You yeah. know, she doesn't know it. But I want so much, so so bad to give her one of my little three thousand dollar credit cards and be like, hey, yeah. you fuck it up. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna pay it off but yeah. this is all you got all year long. Yeah. You know, and let her learn how to button stuff like but correspondence and certain levels of respect and the certain things that I that matter to me because the way I was raised and she's the only child she didn't know any better mm-hmm. if I don't have the opportunity or take the time to teach her mm-hmm. how to treat me then for my own sin we just can never cross that threshold but it's just like it is what is it what does it take then to in any sort of setting what does it take to treat some or teach someone mm-hmm. how to treat you when it's very easy to just teach them when they mess up as opposed to oh, I, I don't want to treat like a dog where you reward good behavior for a dog. Yeah, that's how it's very, it's very Pavlovian, but here's what yeah. you can do. That's, that's better for you. You communicate it in plain English and it works like a charm. You end up just where me and her are at. Yeah. She doesn't cross any lines at all, but she also doesn't effort me much. Yeah. She's made a choice. Now you empower both the humans at the human level. You're not playing a game with each other. You're not manipulating them. You sit down and say, Hey, this bothers me when you do that. This also is not something that I can fairly expect you to change in your behavior because whether you realize it or not, this is a deep behavioral thing that has to be practiced over years from a young age. But baby, it really bothers me to do this. Here's what's going to have to happen in order for me to be happy and healthy when this transgression is made. I'm going to have to respond this way. I'm going to have to reduce the amount. Like we can't have a $3,000 laptop. Maybe we get a $600 one. Mm. And when then I won't feel so that, bad about yeah, some shit going. You yeah. have to, but the whole point, oh, you're still going to feel the same. I'm still going to, yeah. I was like, I don't point, know if though, that's possible. You, you create a framework, yeah. though, that they can. Yeah, you don't give can, someone a Ferrari for their first car and say, this yeah. is how you take care of a yeah. of a of a car. You yeah. start them off with something yeah. and then sort of teach them the values that go that, yeah. that coincide with just yeah. taking care of any sort of vehicle Because right. they general. might not ever change about Especially it. if they don't give but a shit about will, nice stuff like a yeah, Ferrari. But they will change how they interface with you. With you, yes. Yeah. You know, that's 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 how that's done. You have to create a framework to teach them how to treat you, man. Yeah. You know? That's a I think that's a good spot to mm-hmm. to to close this this episode is we've got to the the biggest part of communicating your values and letting other people understand that and being able to flow with other people who have different values is just being open about teaching them about how you want to be treated. Yeah. It's, you cannot be except you can't just expect people to do that. We're, we're, yeah, the no, people you that you meet, you're going to meet more adults, grown adults, than you're going to meet two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You can easily teach a two-year-old how to treat you or something because mm-hmm. they're at a very formative, you know, mm-hmm. their formative ages. But mm-hmm. when you're set in your ways, mm-hmm. And the other person's also set in their ways. You're, it's just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it does take time. But it does also, you do have to get 
Pavlovian with it, mm-hmm. where it is rewarding the good behaviors. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that is hard to do for a lot of people, especially me, because you're, you are having to reward expected behaviors that are behaviors that were expected of you. And you weren't rewarded for those yourself. So my mm-hmm. parents didn't reward me for saying good morning every morning or coming mm-hmm. into bed or saying this, mm-hmm. that, and that. They didn't reward me mm-hmm. for not talking on the phone at dinner or something mm-hmm. like that or being on my cell phone. They didn't reward me for mm-hmm. staying there the whole time or talking mm-hmm. to me in the car or saying thank oh, you for yeah. certain so things. Oh, yeah. So now you're, t- you're getting into the softer skills of mannerisms and stuff. It is And that, that's skills. when the, 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 the weapon of shame is very, very powerful. You can never mm. underestimate that. you got to have a united front yes. and as many family members as possible and then shame. Yeah. You're not honoring the ancestors. You're not honoring the dinner table because you have yourself yeah. and that shit works we, that, and that's something but it's gotta be yeah it's, it's got yeah exactly it and it was it's I would see in, in Nigerian households when when a kid were to mess up or something like that the squad blasted them the yeah, entire yeah. squad blasted them I remember them. falling asleep over my aunt's house to, like my face falling to macaroni because yeah. I didn't eat macaroni and cheese my <laughs> auntie didn't play that whatever yeah. touched that whatever. plate now, if I would have caught her before she served me, then if I'm my cousins, I mean, I'm talking 10, 30 at night, yeah. they fall asleep. I'm still at the table because, and this is my lovely yeah. Diddy Bop that never, she was just a sweetheart to me, yeah. but it's just, and I love that about her. Certain things is, oh, this is a value in our house. Mm. I know Carolyn does all that cooking two or three meals for y'all. Kids, you eat everything around. And I had to eat it. I yeah. was vomiting. I hated macaroni and cheese. Cold. And I was like, finally got it down. Then I washed all the dishes. Yeah. And she had nothing but boys. So we all washed dishes hmm. when I stayed with her. Four boys. But um, and it's funny, they clean like yeah. <laughs> women because yeah. both, they know how to clean. Yeah. How, you know, four boys. And uh, yeah, my, because, you know, the, the higher level of, Discipline is the one that wins. Mm. I couldn't say, mama don't make me do that. Well, mama should make you do that. So yeah. I had to, and I did my house, eat all the food. Well, when they were over our house, they had to clean a certain way. But they mm. were very used to cleaning. The boys were very used to cleaning. So that's not a good comparison. But there were certain things that my mom had a standard yeah. of. You know what I mean? That, that uh, you know, maybe it's using the restroom and stuff like that. Because we had it's mixed girls and boys. You mm-hmm. couldn't even go in that restroom. Yeah. Like, well, ain't nobody in there right now, Auntie yep. Carolyn. No, it's a girls' restroom. We yeah. always had big ass houses because yeah. my mom had a bunch of people now. So at least two restrooms. And no, you never go in. That's always the girls. They need to know have somewhere they know they can go. Yep. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, you're talking about a, a slightly different thing, but it still applies. The I think me, it absolutely applies. The and then is, is shame, yeah. the the other difference in in my in my situation and even my kid situation is going to be coming from multicultural backgrounds or just having my culture and then there's going to be the american culture as long as i've Mm -hmm. i've lived in america my entire life and i still don't understand the american culture my mindset is oh is and always will be from the mindset of a nigerian household yeah i'm always going to just know that i'm always going to know that when you wake up you go and say good morning to everyone. I do that when I go to work. Mm-hmm. I go, I go in the office. I go and greet everyone. You, yeah. especially my elders. Like I've been taught that kind of reverence wow. the entire time. You should too. But should you? I mean, that's the thing. Like, what? It, I feel like it's it has contributed to. It's contributed to my growth or success in a in a old school, yeah, in a in a like a good old boy type of yeah. environment. 
But I've been yeah. in other areas where it simply just doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I think it's all contextual. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some places where it'll work fine to my advantage. And then there's other places where I just look like an old, like just some old relic of like a mindset that has I a go, bunch I of, go through it at work all the time. Yeah. They look at me like I'm crazy. Those young devs, it'll yeah. be, well, by the way, it's 9 30, 10 for yeah. them. Yeah. When they wander in, mm-hmm. I've been there through, since five thirty. Since five thirty, I'm on my. I don't drink coffee, but you know what I mean. I'm on my second coffee break. Yeah, walking around talking stuff, and I always disturb them. I see how much they're jealous of their time and concentration, which is which is a deaf thing. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for them to concentrate, and they're very mad that I, I broke it. But I want them to yeah, know. I, you see, you, I wish there was a camera to see. Yeah, you yeah, do the pulling they, your, yeah, they're pulling, pulling their earbuds yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, they all pull their earbuds out and kind of curl their head up like Gollum, yeah. like. What what is this correspondence yeah. that you insist on? And I love it because I want to grab in the headlock, but it works. After a while, they warm up. Yeah. They smile. They see me coming. I'll be like, "Yo, what up, suckers?" Yeah, and more, and everyone's everyone's looking around. Like, <laughs> you know, he's crazy. Yeah. You know? And these are 26, 27 yeah. year olds that are deadly. Yeah. These kids are smart. They're doing the thing. They're living the dream. But certain stuff because what you get, you get to weaponize that passes passive aggressive cold shoulderism and i need you to know that on the other side of this building is a bunch of gen x's and boomers yeah. and we made this space for you yeah. you know that beanbag you sit on when you're yeah. taking a little break you didn't buy it you don't come yeah. out to check somebody 20 40 years your senior had to have the foresight yes. i mean we were cool at one time because too. they knew that you know what I mean? they knew and that they, working the way that we do is yeah, not sustainable for people right. of that age someone's creating the space for you to be maximum creativity and yeah. open-ended schedule. No one asked you why you wandered in at 9.30 and no yeah. one's asking you when you leave at 3.30. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But don't ever lose sight of what it takes to get that. Yeah. It's an ebb and flow. And we, you know, and yeah, you learn to speak to people and, and you know. That's something that I feel like maybe so, I should be like better say, about. Yeah, I, I think that I also ne- maybe need to show that that I contributed in, in in creating some of those tendencies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not because, not because like, not because I want anyone to be like me or anything, because I know mm-hmm. that it's not sustainable for a kid or for yeah. anyone to operate on the level that I do. And I'm not saying that with like a bloated sense of self, I just know where I came from. I know what works for me and all that mm-hmm. stuff and know that doesn't apply for everyone else. Uh-huh. So I do try to put people in a position where they can thrive and all that kind of stuff. What's happening is that I am blending my expectations and stuff like that. Like when I, if, if I were to put someone in a position to be as creative and expressive and happy and all this other stuff as possible, most of the time it doesn't jive with what I think is going to get me to give me the ha- the happiness and creativity and all that. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I need is all I need is four walls, a computer lights mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. some gangster rap or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can pretty much handle some shit. Mm-hmm. Other people need hugs and love and a phone and yeah. this and yeah. that. And I just don't. Yeah. So when I try to work to provide that and give you all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. where I need to stop, is stop with the expectation or the outcome. Like it needs to be like, okay, I'm letting you go on your own and you're doing your, you're doing your thing. I can't sit there and expect anything Mm -hmm. out of you because if Mm -hmm. I go in there with my level of expectations of myself and and stuff like that, I'm only or always going to get disappointed about it. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is the, Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I mean, you, you may be you may be right. This is something I still uh, deal with. Does that make sense? What I was saying there? Um, yes. Okay. Okay. I think so. Okay. I, I was so. like, I wanted to make sure that I was making sense. It was almost like there was. Um, yeah. There's to to say it again. I have my like you're you're referring to the the boomers and Gen Xers creating an environment yeah. for the younger people to thrive and be successful. Yeah. They had to separate themselves from that creation because if they know that they can't be creative yeah. in an environment like that, they probably would feel lazy as fuck or unproductive or oh, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. does, does it make sense now what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. I do the same thing now mm-hmm. as a parent or just as a friend or anything mm-hmm. like that for other people, knowing and what I said, or what I need to do is recognize that I cannot also thrive in that environment like i'm putting mm-hmm. forth the resources for you to have this environment to be as successful or as creative yeah or as happy and all that kind of stuff but it's always just going to blow my mind and mm-hmm. i'm never going to understand but i also need to understand that there's going to be some things that come from there yes you'll get production like your devs get yeah. your company gets gobs of production out of people but these people are fucking socially awkward yes and they can't talk to a exactly. person but they can code whatever the hell you exactly. ask them to code exactly and, and i want to be okay with that because that's what parenting is man it is it is like other relationships it's how do you find a way to give up yourself you can't do it unless you give up yourself yeah. and and your idea of yourself that's what passing yeah. the torch is and i always establish i check in with the young man who's the tech lead on my project all the time and say hey are you getting what you need out of me and hey don't let me, oh, don't let your respect for me line you to yeah. let, let me let you down or something if you're expecting something and you think you're not getting it. Cause I'm very aloof myself, mm-hmm. you know? That's why I work well with that generation for, for amongst the Gen X's that I fall into category with. I'm really a, a millennial, but I annoy them because mm-hmm. then I'm spoiled, you know what I mean? But over there, I'm annoyed by the 25 yeah. year old, but I want them to know that. I don't think that it's on them. I believe it's on me because mm-hmm. I hold the generation that precedes me f- responsible for whatever lack of grit or whatever that yeah. I'm missing. And I won't give up on them and I'm willing to serve them. I always open myself up to that because now the challenge is on them. The onus is on them to make a reasonable request of me and I'll outwork them every yeah. time. I'll show you like, here's what I'll do. We'll have it your way, kiddo. Mm-hmm. How do you want it? And now I'm going to blaze through that and now it's a matter of honor do you do has what i've contributed to you does is the way that what i'm asking of you is it too much to ask now Mm. you know and you get a different kind of thing there's certain humbleness out of them like it's like it's something different here going on yeah and you still got things to develop and get stronger because what you are the latitude you have to take a position of apathy toward my values that I'm asking you to consider. It's afforded to you by me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, you know, that's the thing too. And, uh, and you have to bring it circle. You have to create a, create a framework though. That's sort of like, like a spires web. When you tug one thing, it immediately is experienced and understood on the other mm-hmm. end because they're interconnected. And so when one thing is done, you know, it's like, Hey, how we do this week? How do we do on chores this week? Ooh, man, we ain't got no laptop. Yeah. We ain't got no laptop to next month. 
Did yeah. you know that you was that far behind on your trip? Yeah. It, it becomes a thing that we're working on together. Yeah. It ain't just me showing up like yeah. big bad cop to punish you. And that's why I don't want to yeah, be. Gotta yeah, you got to be. It's tricky. And remember, it ain't going to, you're still going to be annoyed and all that, but they're going to be getting the character developed. Mm. But I mean, it's still like, because it's like, that ain't the way we got it. We got mm-hmm. it in a different way, but that it works. So. Asphalt is what we yeah, got. Yeah, 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 exactly. that's, just, that's not sustainable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's we want to do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Teach people how to treat you. Salutus yeah, yeah. 931. Which one is this? <laughs> We're at, this is going to be 914, I think. Dang. 915 or 914. But as far as our numbers of recordings, we've already passed 100. You know, it's 100 uh-huh. and something. But I, I want to, at, when we hit episode 899 or episode 900, mm-hmm. that's going to be 100 full on full length VR, full feature or whatever you want uh-huh. to call it episodes. And I think that's going to be a pretty big moment. So right. pretty excited about that. I'm yeah. just glad to have been able to break 10 K before, before a hundred. We, I mean, we, we got, yeah. it took us a bit, but I think uh, 2020 is going to be you're, solid. You're Jeff Daniels <laughs> in newsroom. Oh God. That's such a good show. That's I such still a good re-watch show. It. Yo, talk about what's the dude's name that just died in, in prison. Epstein. Talk about Epstein conspiracies. They Epstein that show. Like, yeah, they what did. the heck? Do people hate Sorkin or something? I don't know. But they, that is the weirdest. I'm like, how that did was this such a good on? show. It was written so brilliantly. Yeah. And it was and the, the cool thing is that it can they could continue that because where they were or where season two ended was during the time of the what a lot of people are calling the red wave where the Republicans were taking both House and Senate, and it meant that it was just nothing for Obama to be able to do. Anything he would ask for, they'd be like, no. There's it so was just a lot of that. talk about now. Oh, my God. Do you Can know you that there's like no... no In an era where happened. people think that that all news is fake, where people are it saying they're destroyed, dude. Someone is, the thing is, it's just like Game of Thrones. It, it can't... It can't without George's writing. Yeah, it just can't. When you see that yeah. one season where he was out, holy yep. it was crap. it was trash. I couldn't believe the stuff yeah. they were pulling. It was yeah. silly. The love affair between yep. between uh, the big red hair, yeah, red hair guy, and that like it was so goofy. Yeah. I was like, who the heck wrote this? And I feel like without Aaron Sorkin's writing, yeah. because I'm saying this to say that someone needs to pick up that premise and go. The newsroom. Well, was I mean, the newsroom. The, the cool thing with the newsroom was that the 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 writer was history. The writer is the yeah. new, the real news. Yeah, that's and it's right. Like, but it, that it has staying power. Dude, that pop tons of it. Yeah. Like, is that Sorkin or not? I don't I mean, know. Who that's, it is. that's totally okay. Because like, I've never totally, seen. I don't know who the director name, but dialogue it feels like it. His writing feels like the Black Keys's music. Music to me. It's so uh, full. Yeah, I know they use that filter like the Black Keys, to yeah. where their music is like fills it's up good. the whole. Even though he's playing very simple blues yeah. notes, that's how Sorkin. I'm like, how did he get? that much banter and wit into because yeah. it sounds like a real life co- uh, communication mm-hmm. amongst that generation you mm-hmm. know what I mean I'm like whoa what yeah. I love that was it you that put me onto that the new, someone, uh, someone put me on that when it came out I was putting everyone on the newsroom it yeah. was probably when I did is it me when I showed you that the very first episode where he's yes. talking about how America's yes. not the greatest nation I feel like it was you or somebody yeah. I know it was, I did not discover the money it was one of my friends that like gave me that and I was just like yeah, I was like, oh, they're acting like what <laughs> yeah. is this this guy so doing on here? Yeah, I'm probably uh, gonna start that again. Uh, why did we bring up newsroom? 
Uh, why did we just say? I don't know. Closing comments, but oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, like the man that that needs to uh, somebody bring that show. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are going to be, you know, old or possibly bad shows, who knows? Um, hopefully it'll be good. I'm going to see Star Wars on the twentieth, so this is going to be it for the the whole Skywalker thing, and so what? uh, What happens? What is this about? Huh? Yeah, it's Disney took a hold of it. So they're finally ending the whole Skywalker saga. This is going to be it. And in a couple years, they're going to give it the whole Avengers treatment and they're going to, or the whole Marvel treatment. And they're going to just make it a psycho cash cow, bringing a bunch of people. They're talking about bringing in Keanu Reeves for, uh, for some new stuff to be like Knights of the Old Republic kind of stuff. And I love those video games. I don't know if you played those. They're great. Yeah, fantastic play stories. They're great. It's like a those, Bioware game. Does those candlesticks, what are they called? The candlesticks? Are you fucking talking fl- about lightsabers? Oh, yeah. I lightsabers. fucking hate you, dude. Do they, do they cut anyone you. in this? Like, is, there, like, is there any blood in it? There's probably is no there blood. Get, it's because okay. Disney owns it. Just so Yeah. I love George no Lucas. Um, but you know, he, he got that that whole idea from Star Wars or some samurai shit, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, from our boy Joseph Campbell hanging yeah. out with him. Oh, was it Campbell? Yeah, and did the Campbell's, hero's journey. You know who Campbell's influence was? Well, he had a bunch. Is he it was Christian Birdie? Was it? Well, he ran into to a young Jesus on a on a boat really? out there in India one time. I'm telling what he was doing. Wait, didn't we but, play an interview? Did they have an interview together? I'm not sure, but I know he ran into Christian Birdie on a boat. Really? Yeah. During one of his many, you know, he, he was all over the world, Joseph yeah. Campbell. And I don't know what to degree, but I know there's no one that's not, that's encountered yeah. Christian Murray of that caliber. Yeah. Like Campbell and all those guys, his contemporaries that weren't influenced by him, you know. That's, you so, know, speaking of Houston. And, uh, uh, speaking of Joseph Campbell, I, I released a throwback episode. I on saw Thursday. That. What does that mean? You reposted or something? So I took an old episode yeah. that we did and uh, I actually ran it through here and just re, if you want to call it remastered, oh, I tried cool. to clean up the audio as much cool. as I could. Did you um, have an effect on it? A little bit. A cool. little bit. You can still tell that it was done with way lesser equipment in a super echoey room and everything. For but real? yeah, but it's the content that mattered. But yeah. what we were, we talked about was Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. Yeah. And how. Uh, we called the episode Hero, and so it was yeah. about, um, you know, if you look at Joseph Campbell's diagram of how every hero story kind of goes, yeah, it follows the same. You out here, baby, love you. You it follows the same arc of any sort of hero story where you have the you know the protagonist and they're mm-hmm. in their normal life, and then there is a call to action, and that call can come in the form of something. You sure. think of Luke Skywalker receiving a call sure. to action to be something well, great, yeah, of course, yeah. and then they go through and they have their um, their first bout of conflict where they may have to fight mm-hmm. someone or something. They typically get their ass kicked. Yeah. They go back, get trained and trained sure. and trained. They fight again. Sometimes they lose again. And then, sorry, fucking gold retriever keeps straight up. And sometimes they lose again, but then they, uh, they encounter their friends. They yeah. grow, they do all this stuff, and then there's this one big final battle, and they win, and they leave transformed. Yeah. And you can sit there and think of Star Wars and any other right. type of movie like that, but what I was uh, attributing that to is just people in everyday life, and how mm-hmm. if you view your life like a story, you can actually realize that you might follow that hero's journey, and then there's going to be different calls to action to do something cool 
or something great or something meaningful in your life. And it's your choice of whether or not you answer that call. Yeah. It's a good model to use when you don't know what to do. Exactly. You got a challenge and you don't, and you, if you put overlay that, that template and see which stage of the journey you're in, you know, the right thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. So do we have any shameless shout outs or anything like that before we go? Oh yeah. Um, You actually have one? Yeah. Shameless shout out to uh, Hobby Town. Okay. Toys on Nursable Road in Bowling Green. Great people. Go buy yourself a drone or RC car. And Please tell us how fast your RC car goes. This one goes 70 miles an hour. Jesus. I got it up to 40 for the first time and broke it. So I had to come pick it up today so I can do the repairs for it this week. Um, much fun. BG Bashers. Uh, on Facebook, shout out to BG Bashers. What's BG Bashers? Bashing is what playing with RC cars is called. There's two oh. cars. Whether you race, like formally race yeah. on tracks, or you play around in the yard, like somewhere in the field, yeah. that's called bashing. Because okay. when you get used to them, things, it's what the most fun is. Jumping really? and crashing and stuff, yeah. it just becomes fun. And uh, that's what it's called, bashing. So BG Bashers, shout out to them. And shout out to Extreme Hobbies down in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Really nice people that uh, I haven't met yet, but I talked yeah. to them on the phone and got to get down there. I learned that a few guys at work have a few RC cars really? and they're like, oh, you got one? Yeah. So yeah, it's going to start getting into that and Sweet. something else to indulge in. But really, it's such a it's such a physical hobby. Well, like it brings, it's nostalgic, you know, mm-hmm. something's connective about it. Yeah. It's much more I'm like, whoa, I didn't expect to enjoy this. And I was surprised to find that I had so much enjoyment out of it that I don't get out of video games yeah. anymore. And so it's good to know that it's, it's enough. You get outside and you get in the air and you get to see your, yeah. it's fun. You got to get but, you mountain biking, man. Yeah, I do. I got to <laughs> get back into, into bike. I used to ride a bike a lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, my shout outs. And sh- oh, also a uh, shameless shout out to uh, uh, the Vanguard okay. uh, conglomerate in Nashville that does an art show that I like to visit every other month. Amazing uh, track Track one on uh, South 4th Street is the location. Vanguard Art Show on uh, Vanguard Nashville on Instagram. Okay. Y'all check it out. I'll make sure to follow them with the Salinas Yeah, next, next next show will be in February, around the middle of February. Nice, nice. February 14th or something like that. Cool. Uh, I want to give a, a shameless shout out to Chris. He's celebrating his birthday with his family. Hope you have a good one. Uh, can't wait to have him back for the next episode. Um, Happy birthday, Chris. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Give a shout out to Ryan Hines at uh, CEO underscore Oxology Labs. He's got really great supplements. I do need to get some more of them. I want to give another shout out to my friend Nick Atkins. He was on one of our episodes. I think it was the one called the ROI of Kindness. Um, He is the uh, owner of Anytime Fitness here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, but he just recently made the Bowling Green Fire Department. So uh, it's been a, a big goal for him to have been able to accomplish. He actually applied in july it was june or july this year and didn't get accepted until like last week and so it's a hell of a process and so um i'm just really really happy for him he's getting inducted this coming week so i'm gonna hopefully i'll be in town to be able to go and see him do that um want to give a shout to my buddy david carter um just an awesome dude one of the nicest people i've ever met and he and i've been friends since we were kids and so uh, I hope he has a is having a good holiday season. I can't wait to see him. He and I are going to try and get some food at some point. And then uh, I think that's a, that's all I've got. So guys, thank you all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed every bit of it. 
please do something awesome today. We're still taking donations for uh, the Deck the Halls movement that we're doing. Uh, we got an awesome donation from JP and his wife. It was very, very kind of them. We're gonna absolutely use that to help other people. Um, I do wanna give one more to BT Lee's. Uh, I actually need to get some more sauce for whenever we have our Christmas dinner, uh, cause I've been putting that jalapeno business sauce on everything that I eat. It's, it's goddamn terrible for me that I put it on everything, but it's so good so versatile um so yeah that's all i got like i said whip all the ass this week and we will see you all next week goodbye you guys goodbye yeah <laughs>